Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Amazing. Wonderful. Beautiful. Turn with me to Luke chapter 14. Luke 14. And uh, we're going to jump right into this. Luke, thanks guys. Jake, you did an amazing job. I taught him everything I know. This, this guy. Took me five minutes. And then he needed a different teacher. Luke chapter 14. Luke 14. Who knows the chord of G on a guitar? The chord of G. You see, when I was a young Christian, all you needed to know is G, C, and D, and you could play any worship song that ever existed, but somehow they're writing them a more complicated way nowadays. You need a few more chords. Anybody know how to play the guitar? All right. A few recruits here. Anybody know what a kick drum looks like? Anybody sing in the shower? All right. There we go. You're all recruited. Dream team. Worship team. Luke 14, it'll come up on the screen there. It says this, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Everyone say invited. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything for now, uh, come for everything now is ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I've just got married, so I can't come. Still another said, I've got to take Johnny to swimming lessons. I'm too busy. Another said, my CrossFit class is on Sunday mornings. Impossible. So the servant came back and reported all this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered ordered his servant Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done. Hey, what a smart servant. He had done something before he had even been asked. How about that? So I know, even before we talk about this subject, many of you are already inviting people to church. And uh, I want to say to you, on behalf of Jesus, thank you. You are doing them the greatest favor you could ever do. It's not a small thing. What you're doing is saving lives. And then the master said, uh, told the servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Compel them to come in. Have you ever got onto WhatsApp and thought, I'm going to have some people around tomorrow night And so you invited a group of people around to your house, come on over, I got the barbecue ready, you're invited, and then one by one you get the reasons why they cannot. And generally speaking, they're pretty good reasons until you get the one that says, I'm too tired. That's a terrible reason. Um, Please never use that on anyone. Just think how they must feel when you say, I'm too tired. What is too tired? Stop it. You know, if you're a young mum, you know what tired really is. And you know you just get on with life anyway. 
Uh, let's celebrate all our young mums here right now. Let's give them a hand. They just do life tired. I mean, tired is just, just life. Life is tired when you're a young mum. I mean, tired is not an excuse not to go to a party. It's just, just it's life. I'm tired. So what? You can do life while you're tired. Anyway, just sort of throw that in there because um, I hear a lot of young people say, I'm so tired. I'm like, come live with me. I'll show you what tired is. And so you get all the excuses coming in. I know it's a real terrible day. I, I feel terrible when people decline my invites uh, like you do. And, um, and, and yet, you know, you've, you've been thinking, I need some company. I want some people around. And, and, uh, but unbeknown to them, you had invited some other people who were about to open some doors for them, some, some financial investors, some people who could get them job promotions and who could open doors. They didn't know that. Only you knew that. And they had opted for, uh, to go bowling uh, with their work colleagues instead of coming your, to your party and, and getting some venture capital for a business they've been dreaming of. The reason they declined is because they didn't know how good the party would be. I, uh, I got an invite this week to go to Australia. I know, it's a tough life. Um, uh, but unfortunately, I have something else on. So, however, I, I know what I have been invited to. I've been to those things before, and I know how good it is for me, and I know how good it is for us as a church when Lisbon and I go to those things, and some of the team. Uh, so because I know what the party will be like, it's, it's not a party, but you know what I'm saying, We're just keying into the story. Uh, because I know what the party would be like, I haven't yet declined the invite. I've simply said... Um, I'll, I'd love to come. I'm looking into it. I've got something else on. I'll see if I can move it. Everyone say, move it. Move it, move it. Move it, move it, move it. There are times where you've just got to move it because you know the thing you've been invited to is better still. You see, the deal is with the people you're talking to, they think that the things they're doing are fulfilling them. They think that there is nothing more satisfying or more fulfilling or more enjoyable than the things they're doing. And, and that could be right at the stage they're at. What they don't understand is what they yet don't know. They don't know how good it is down here at C3 Church. They don't know how good our party is. They don't know what's on offer. They don't know how it can change their life. They don't know that actually the satisfaction and the depth of fulfillment they would find in encountering the presence of God in this place far outstrips. In fact, it pales everything else that they're doing into, into insignificance in comparison. But they don't know how good it is. Risky. Welcome back from Indonesia. Hope your trip was good. Let's all welcome it and risky back. Tell me, um, tell me what you missed about us while you're away. What do you love about our church? Uh, the sermon and uh, Pastor Steve. <laughs> that was unscripted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That was totally unscripted. Judith, tell us. <laughs> the reason I know that's only partially true is we have done surveys before in church and said, what, what did you love when you first came to our church? And it's usually, top of the list is, it was so friendly. And preaching's down the list somewhere. <laughs> About number three. But <laughs> it's like friendliness, worship, vision, 
which I translate as preaching. <laughs> Eunice, what do you love about our church? The presence of God and family. Beautiful. Wonderful. Love it. Sandra, tell us what you love about church. Well, is there a, I, it's a party here. The preaching, of course, as Risky said. But do you know, in all honesty, when I started to come here, it was the preaching. As a musician, it was the preaching. I loved the sermons. It was just so relevant to life, my life. It got my, my husband came. Everything was really relevant. Yeah, so. I'm going to stop right there. I don't need to hear any more. I'm feeling really good right now. I can preach on. You see, we got it good here. <laughs> Um, I wasn't trying to elicit that response, by the way. Uh, I don't mind what your response was. All of you were thinking of something right there because you didn't know that I wasn't going to pick on you. You're all going, oh, I wonder what I would say. What would I say? What was that? And for all of those reasons, all those things that came to mind are the reasons why we need to compel people to come on down. We need to compel people to come to the house because they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they're missing out on. And so... What Jesus is trying to say here is it's, it's, not enough, it's not good enough. It's not enough just to invite someone. We need to compel them. We need to help them get into the world in which we live. We need to expose them to it in order for them to know the life-transforming power it has within. And so I've called this message a sticky life. Everyone say, a, sorry, a st- I haven't. That's the series. A sticky invite. Everyone say a sticky invite. Because he says, Com- compel them. Now, to compel them, we need to have a compelling reason. A compelling reason to compel them. And so he says, compel them to come. Why? So that my house may be full. How many of us love it when the house is full? Every seat full. Every seat in our Dutch service full. Every seat in our mirror full. Every, every table in the cafe in West full. So full we're having to start another service or another location. We love it when it's full, but not just because it's full, but because of what it represents. When a seat is now occupied with someone who's never been to church before and they get saved, we're populating heaven. We're doing what we're meant to do, and that is to, to uh, plunder hell and populate heaven, save lives from a road that they're currently traveling on. How do we allow that to grip our hearts. Well, it says here that the master was angry that they were turning him down. Now, this isn't the, the anger that might immediately come to mind. Like, how dare they turn down an invite to my party? No, that's not that sort of anger. The, the easiest comparison I've got is when you're a parent with a, a, a younger child particularly, or even an older child, um, and you've been coaching them in a certain way, you know, certain manners they should show or a certain thing they should do, and they keep refusing. Now, of course, initially you're a little irritated and, and maybe angry just because they're being disobedient, but deep down it's more than that. You, you're, you're frustrated because you know how this would help them. You know how much this would make a difference to their lives if they could just get this, that offering to help to clean the kitchen would set them up for a great career, <laughs> right? Because you, you, you've seen the whole picture from the beginning to the end. You know that the behaviors of a five-year-old will determine their career sex, success when they're 50 years old. The two are connected. And so your irritation or, or, or annoyance is connected to something you know they're missing out on. When was the last time you actually felt an emotion concerning people who didn't yet know Christ? Or is it just a philosophy? 
Is it just a concept? Well, you know, they, they, don't know you, they don't know Jesus. When was the last time your heart was stirred by the fact that they're not following Jesus? When was the last time you allowed yourself to feel the pain of the loss? It's a good thing to be reminded that actually you've got family members or friends who don't have salvation. It's a good thing to be reminded that that has consequences to it none of us want to even consider. Because we need to have a compelling reason to go and compel people to come and for the house to be filled, for heaven to be populated. And so I want to explore some things we can do to be a sticky invite. A sticky invite. Turn to someone and say sticky invite. First, what I need to do, because I'm basing it out of verse 21, if, you're, if you've still got your Bibles open, turn with me to Luke 14, 21. Maybe we could put it on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you in uh, a different version. It's a literal translation of the original, so it's going to sound a little bit uh, different, but it's rather than put it into easy English, it's put into literal. It says this, and coming to his side, this is talking about the servant was coming to the side of the master. And coming to his side, the slave reported to the, to the Lord of his these things. Then being provoked, the householder said to that slave of his, go out, go out speedily into the broadways and the, and the rush of the city and the beggars and the mutilated and the blind and the lame uh, and, t- uh, and take them in here. He says, there, he came to his side. He came to his side. The first thing we can do to be a, a sticky invite is we need to live it in front of people. You see, when we come alongside Jesus, we become like him. And then we become to others the living invitation, the living sticky invitation. You see, authenticity isn't simply being real. Authenticity is you being real to your faith. Uh, uh, you know, it's no good just being real. It's no good just saying, well, I, you know, I'm sharing every thought I have because that's authentic. No, it isn't. I don't want to hear every thought you've got because some of them are negative, they're depressive. It's, uh, uh, to share that doesn't make you more authentic than somebody else, particularly when you're a believer. Because when you know Christ, the greatest thing you can do is, is shine the new creation of you. That is to bring into order the struggles you have on the inside. And we all have them. To bring into order the brokenness. And we're all working on that. To bring into order the things that you're working through. And we're all a work in progress. But as you keep your life close to him and centered on him, you, you will find that others will want what you've got. I was out running the other morning and it was dark uh, as it is nowadays. Um, even with the hour change that, that will help. But it's, I was out running and I, I saw someone pulling out their bins because it was that day of the week. And, um, and I couldn't work out whether it was a green bin or a blue bin. Now, you know, when you're running, you've got to have something to think about. And sort of, sort of irrelevant routine things I'm thinking about. Uh, is that a, red, a green bin or a blue bin? Mm, I don't know. And then I'm thinking, oh, I've just put out the green bin. So I'm hoping he's putting out a green bin, but it looks blue. This is, this is literally what I'm thinking uh, in, my, in my mind. And, uh, and as I get closer, I can start to make it out a little bit more. But the point is this. Um, you don't see color until there's light. There is no color in the dark. You see, color isn't... Uh, you don't, there's no such thing as a blue bin or a green bin. Uh, an object doesn't possess color. 
I'm just going to teach you some physics now, okay? Uh, everyone say, this is good. This is, nonsense. This is really good for us, the physics. Uh, all a green bin does is it, it, it reflects the green element of the spectrum of light, the mix of blue and yellow in, in the spectrum of light. The bin isn't green. Yeah, that. It's just the pigments, the, the material of, of the bin have been designed in such a way it can reflect the green elements of the light. Is this making any sense? You're remembering your school now. Back to, back to middle bar. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and, and so uh, the point being this, things come into their color when they find the light. Who's the light of the world? Who else is the light of the world? <laughs> You're right, Jesus is the light of the world. Good, good, well done, top of the class, top, top of Sunday school class. Jesus is the light of the world. I cannot dispute that theology. Well done. Not the answer I was looking for, but well done. Because Jesus also turned to us and he said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before all men. You see, when, when the light of Christ comes on you, he switches on color in your world. You see, until then you're in the dark, now your world is dull. It's like it's two-dimensional when it could be three-dimensional. Well, nowadays we should talk about four dimensions. It's like it was two-dimensional and it could be four-dimensional when you're in the light. Your life is full of color. And Jesus is saying, go out and live it in front of others. Now, I know we're a work in progress, but there is something about your life in Christ that others love to see. There's something about the freedom that you've got now that others love to hear about. There's something about the joy in your world that others want to be around. And as you become the light to people, so you become the sticky invite. But then he goes on to say, he says, the servant came near to Jesus, uh, to the master, sorry, um, and then the master said to him, uh, go out and invite. Now, the, the word go out was synonymous with the concept of sending a messenger with a report. Go out with a report and invite. That is to say, don't just, don't just go, um, hey, uh, I want you to come to church next week. No, no, let them into your world a little bit. Tell them about what church is like. Tell them about what you're inviting them to. Talk them through the thing. We're going to have this, and you're going to like this because, and we're going to have this thing. Well, maybe that would be the day to come, because I know right now this is what's going on in your world, and this is exactly what we're talking about, and it'll happen like this. There'll be a couch on the thing, and there'll be this talk show, and there'll be some great music, and the music's like this. You'll be standing for a while, but don't worry about that. It's good exercise. You'll lose many calories. You know, just... Let them, into, let them into the picture. Go out and take a report. An invite is more than just an invite. It's a description. It's go out and invite. The second thing you can do then, after being living it in front of someone, is to invite someone. And it may not be the people you think that will end up saying yes. It always surprises me, the people who say yes and the people who say no. Uh, uh, <clears throat> because of that, we have to invite everyone we know <laughs> because we just don't know really who's ready. Let me give you some examples. Philip found Christ. One of the first disciples was called Philip. And then Philip went out and invited Nathaniel to come to Jesus too. Now let me describe you in the words of John 1 uh, what we know about Nathaniel. Philip goes to Nathaniel and says, We have found the Messiah from Nazareth. Nathaniel says, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That was Nathaniel's response. Cynical. Church? 
Does anything good happen at church? Isn't that like old-fashioned? Isn't that boring? I don't even own a suit. Isn't God dead? Didn't some communist socialist philosopher explain that he's no longer alive? <laughs> you know, this was the cynical Nathaniel. And yet Philip said, he's the one I'm going to invite. And guess what Nathaniel said? Oh, oh, sorry, Philip said, come and see for yourself, replied Philip. So he didn't get into an argument with him. He didn't go, hmm, got a point. Nazareth, pretty crummy place, I understand. But no, he just went, hey, come and see. I've told you a bit about church. Come and see. You may surprise yourself. Come and see. And then what happened was this. And this is the important thing for us to note because so often we feel so responsible for someone finding Jesus when all he's asked us to do is go and be the messenger and invite. Jesus looks at Nathanael and he says, you're a true Israelite. In you there is no deceit. Nathanael goes, how did you know that? Because it was like Jesus read his heart. How did you know that? And Jesus said, because I saw you under the tree. Basically, he was telling him something that he couldn't ordinarily know other than by supernatural means. You see, the deal is this. We invite, and then Jesus gets to work. We, we invite them along, and then Jesus does something. In his presence, all sorts of things happen. When we do the altar call, yes, we work hard to, to, to really compel and, and draw, but at the end of the day, unless the Holy Spirit is at work, no one's going to get saved. Only God himself can change a human heart. Only God himself can, can cause someone to be born again. It's a transformation internally that only he can do. And so we have to at some point go, I will compel, I will invite. Uh, they said no, but I will invite again a little later. Or I will try somebody else. I will invite these people. I will do it again. I will believe again. I will keep on, I will keep on, I will keep on. That's our task. His task is to do the rest. His task is to take that moment and do something with it. Because there will always be a moment for someone. And the choice will then be theirs. We've just got to seize a hold of it. Here's another one. That was Nathaniel and Philip. Then there's Andrew and Simon Peter. Simon, whose name got changed to Peter. Simon was, Peter was the, the dude who, who was always putting his foot in it, saying the big bold thing, Jesus, no, you should not go to the cross. How dare you say such a thing? And Jesus goes, get behind me, you devil. That's getting in my way. Uh, Peter, the, the big brother of Andrew, the one who would bully him at home and <clears throat> always dominate the talk over the dinner table. And yet Andrew decided it would be Peter he would invite. And Peter said yes. He came to Jesus and the rest is history. See, we should never prejudge who Jesus needs to reach a hold of right now. Stefano, I, I feel like I've got a word for you from, from the Lord, and your mama said nothing to me. Uh, so this is what I feel God is saying. I feel like God is saying that there are some things you're going through right now that are, um, you're having to work through. It's hard work. There's some like blockages in some part of your life. I don't know what part, but it's feeling like, um, you, know, you know a cog? It's like the cog is struggling to turn. It's, it's, and God is, God is saying, remain faithful in pushing through. Because at the other side of it, he will promote you.
He will lift you up. He will elevate your life. It's not that he's going to take it away. He's just saying, keep faithful. Be a man of integrity. Keep pushing through that thing. Because on the other side, he will elevate you. He, he will be defending you. He will, he will fight your case. And you'll come out shining. And So some people you know, you, you invite next week, may need to be here. Because God's going to say something to them. It may not be in a prophetic word. It might be in the music. It might be in conversation over coffee. But we invite them into the environment where they can be transformed. But hey, it's not just about the invite. People don't want to be invited to an event. They want to belong to a community. And so here's the other thing. Let's help people belong. Let's not just invite them to an event. Let's get them into our world. Let's get into their world. Let's help them on the journey of already feeling like they belong. How do you do that? You invite them around for dinner. You, you get into their lives. You get chatting with them. You do life together. You, you, when you do eventually invite them to church, you then say, well, why don't we go out afterwards? Or when, when can I pick you up? Bring them along with you. This is what the Bible tells us Andrew did with his brother. He said, then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. He brought him along. People are wanting to belong to a community because it's community that's solving their problem. It's the community of believers that's bringing the answers. It's in our gathering together that people are finding what it is they've been missing that they don't know about. It's like, it's like this. It's like getting into a hot bath. Who loves a hot bath? Who loves reclining at the end of the day in a hot bath? There's nothing like the feeling of reclining in a hot bath. And so you pour the bath and it's hot. You've forgotten that it needs to be complemented with the cold water. Because you love it hot. <clears throat> and so you're pouring in the hot water and, and then you test it with your toe and, it, and, and you get this sort of hot sweaty flush that goes through your whole body. It's so hot. So you're walking around waiting for it to cool down, forgetting there's a cold tap to speed up the process. And, and then eventually you try it again and your foot goes in and... <clears throat> And, and, and now you're, you're, gonna, you're determined to give it a go. So you land your foot on the bottom and you feel like the skin is burning off your, uh, off your flesh for a moment. And again, you get this hot, sweaty flush. But now you're not going to take it out because after the initial scream, you get this high sense of satisfaction. <laughs> so now you're going to try it with the other foot. You've got one foot in there. Now you pull in the other foot. And it... Ah! Now the... Skin on both legs are burning off. But the ass turns into, you know, that deep satisfaction that fills you when you get into a hot bath. Now, there is the next step. This <laughs> needs to get in there too. <laughs> That's a little, little different because the skin there is a little more sensitive than the skin on the bottom of your feet. But you try it out anyway. That's hot. Ah, that hurts. But eventually you go through the pain. Ah. Ah. Oh. Ah. And then if you're a guy, you usually want to go to the toilet at that point. And you got a decision to make, right? in or out and it's got nothing to do with it but you know that sometimes sometimes we, we know that the initial getting in there can be confronting 
can be what we're not used to, can be uncomfortable. But we know that the deep satisfaction that community brings, that belonging to community brings, is worth every bit of helping people on the journey into. Because that which you've felt, that which you've experienced, every person around you needs that same encounter, that same transforming power that Christ can only bring on the inside and can only do through the community of his people. So he doesn't say invite alone, but but rather bring. Get into their world. Bring them along on the journey with you. Coach them through. Share your story with them. Help them get on board. Help them to belong because this is a life-transforming community. And finally, let's never forget the power of prayer. There are some things that only prayer will shift. Fighting for souls is not a game. Life is not a game. It's a serious business. God has put us on earth for a purpose. And one of our purposes and our primary purpose is to help people find Christ. We need to fight for their souls. You have the power to intercede for people. There are people in my world that I've tried and tried and, and they've heard the gospel. And I, I feel like, what more can I do? What, what more is there to do? And then I remind myself of the power of prayer. I remind myself that if there's nothing else I can do, I can, not, I can at least do that. And that could well be the most powerful thing I can do for them. It's to intercede for their world. It's to spiritually remove blockages out of their life, the blindness that religion may have caused or the, the blindness of, of what, what true faith is all about. You can shift it in prayer. And so in a moment, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go to prayer. So could we stand to our feet? I want you to grab an invite in your hand right now. In a sense, symbolically, <clears throat> thinking about the people you would love to see come to Christ, a family member, a neighbor, a colleague. I want you to think as, of as many people as your, your mind can think about in one go simultaneously. Just think about some people right now that you intend to bring. And uh, I want you to believe together with the people around you that something's going to happen in their world over the next few weeks, that they will be open-hearted to your invite. They would be receptive to the gospel. And that in this room, in the network of people we know, we would see many people come to faith. So Lord, we pray right now. Can we all begin to raise our voices in prayer in this place? Just lean into him never prayed aloud to get to, uh, before then maybe now would be the time to do it or at least in your heart lift up these people to Jesus let's just begin to pray Lord call on your name right now Jesus Jesus we ask you to open their hearts to you open their minds to you the power of the Holy Spirit move in their world we're asking Jesus to anoint us boldness in us Lord I pray for just so many natural opportunities in this next few weeks I pray for easy opportunities that we would seize a hold of Lord I pray you'd even be helping us direct the course of conversations I pray that conversations would start to get onto a topic that makes it real easy to jump in and, and add what we know would 
add value in drawing them closer to you. Lord, we pray right now that you, the Lord of the harvest, would send us into the harvest field and that you, the Lord of the harvest, would reap that harvest. In Jesus' name. Our eyes are closed and we're in an atmosphere of prayer right now. I just want to ask you if today maybe you're away from him. Maybe you've been away from him and you need to come back. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life and this morning, this afternoon, I urge you, I compel you to make the decision today. Don't put it off. If you're not sure you're going to heaven, don't 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 put it off right here you found a community of people who will embrace you who will support you who will believe in you Jesus constantly did that there was a woman once who walked into a dinner party that he was invited to that was full of religious people all of her all of them rejected her except Jesus who allowed her to wash his feet with her tears of brokenness and pour the oil that she had expensive perfume over his head. Why did she do that? Maybe because she had heard him preach earlier that day a message which said, come, you're invited to the family. Come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, was his message. And I will give you rest. I'm saying to you today, if you're... Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.